G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, another update today, an opportunity to check on the effects of coronavirus in the North. In fact, when I say the North, I don't mean Northern Australia, but that nation that lies just to our North, the nation of Indonesia. David Thomas works with Pioneers Australia in Indonesia. He's leading a team that run the Better Learning, Brighter Lives program, aiming to transform communities in Indonesia through the transformation of local school teachers. And David is joining us from Indonesia. David, welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Really good to chat with you all again. David, you're in Malang, which is in East Java, uh, a city in a valley and, as I understand it, surrounded by volcanoes uh, inland from the coast. Uh, Give us an idea of the size of the city that you're in. Uh, It's about, I think it's uh, probably 1.2 or 1.5 million people. We're about 100 kilometres from Surabaya, the the second largest city in, in Indonesia. Um, so it has a town feel about it, uh, but of course, anywhere in in Java, at least, is going to be very populated. <laughs> you never find yourself uh, alone for too often. And when we talk about coronavirus and the effects that it has on the local economy, uh, the local people in your part of the world there, and what's happening in a bigger picture on the scale of the whole nation, how do you describe it? fairly devastating um, in, a, in a kind of controlled way. It's perhaps like a slow train wreck or something. Um, there are many aspects that are similar to what's happening in Australia. Um, cafes closed, businesses closed down, factories closed, that kind of thing. Um, but one of the differences, of course, would be um, unemployment benefits don't exist here from the government. Uh, so if places have to close down, employers have to close shop, then people are just out of work. And so a lot of people have been just scrambling to to do what they can. Um, Perhaps in the rural areas it's less affected because uh, rice crops, sugar crops continue to grow and continue to get harvested. Um, But a lot of factories and especially the tourism industries, yeah, just devastated. And, of course, you've got people who live in the city and you're there in Malang and, as you say, one and a half million people. It's a significant-sized city and people are doing all of the sorts of things that you would do under conditions when there is a pandemic on. They're wearing masks, they're using sanitizer, they're doing temperature checks. That's happening in the city, but that's not happening so much in the rural country areas. No, all the traditional things, of, you know, different ceremonies and... Uh, village life seems to be going on um, as per normal. Uh, we just recently had Idul Adha, the um, Islamic day when they slaughter uh, cows or goats. And I was cycling that day and, and went past quite a few mosques and 
no, no social distancing, uh, no masks. Everything was pretty much as normal. And of course, in a country 274 million people strong, how many deaths have there been officially recorded so far? Almost 7,000 deaths, um, which is probably understated, but at the same time probably um, miraculous in that it hasn't been 10 times that, especially in Java where there's a very, it's very densely populated. Uh, the statistics are something like 1,100 people per square kilometre. And so obviously in a pandemic there would be, um, you know, that, that's ripe for, for absolute uh, disaster. And so far... 7,000 deaths would be considered that we've kind of uh, dodged a bullet, so to speak. 7,000 deaths so far, and as you say, potentially dodged a bullet. Is there anecdotal evidence that the numbers are way, way higher than that, or are you pretty confident that the official figures are holding true? It's it's hard to say, but probably the, the death toll is not too inaccurate. Um, as opposed to, say, the number of cases uh, that are quoted. Um, certainly there are stories of people uh, dying and it's been attributed when it was. Um, but I, I don't really get into those stats too much. It's more uh, the local stories we hear about unemployment, um, businesses just not being able to find customers. Um, that's possibly the bigger um, pandemic, as it were. The, the economic um, recession is, is biting much, uh, much harder than perhaps the actual health crisis. Dave, you're working under the banner of Pioneers Australia in Better Learning, Brighter Lives, and you're working with school teachers in Indonesia. How has coronavirus affected the work you're doing there? Uh, 100%. <laughs> um, I was... Um, making train trips uh, several times a week up to Surabaya and going out to other towns. Um, I was often away from home more than I was home until February and then it all stopped and I've only been out of the town of Malang oh, once or twice, I think, since February. Um, so everything's online and the issue there is where we're all about transforming teachers, transforming their hearts, transforming the way they relate to their students. And at the moment, with te all the teachers are online. Um, that means that they're just getting the work done. They're not able to really talk about deeper issues or develop the students in a, in a deeper or an emotional way. It's really just getting the worksheets done and um, photographed and WhatsApped in or, or however they're doing it. So we're helping teachers in those aspects, but it's not touching the level that we, we're used to. When you come from a faith angle, as you do, and you've got this usual opportunity face-to-face, -face, uh, training up a new generation of teachers uh, who will be teaching people in Indonesia, how does that translate when you're in online learning? Perhaps you are more restricted in the sorts of things you can talk about. How does that work for you? It's yeah, it's like having both hands tied behind your back uh, for us and and for the teachers uh, very much. 
the, the government is doing all it can. They're providing um, online phone credit uh, to students so that students, I mean, even fairly poor people have um, hand phones or mobile phones. And so uh, the government's helping with that kind of thing. But in terms of our training, it used to be teaching teachers about how to stand at the right distance from students, how to um, comfort students, even though they're in a public setting of a classroom, that kind of thing. And all of that just disappears when um, the interaction is online. So we're, we're looking towards when schools start going back to face-to-face teaching eventually and how we can uh, really kind of leapfrog off from their experience in online to make their face-to-face teaching uh, so much more transforming once they get back into class. In the meantime, you and your wife, you're very much involved in supporting those poorer families in your community and uh, something like 130 families, as I understand it, uh, you're helping to provide basic food and some level of friendship and uh, some prayer. I imagine that a lack of hope is one of the challenging issues when you've got people who are not receiving any sort of benefit that's coming from stimulus that the government might put in. Yeah, I mean, especially for young people uh, of uh, perhaps getting to university or or a vocational college or something, that's just gone out the window. And yeah, we've had we know of people who have just said no, I, I can't do further study anymore, uh, or I can't hope to do that in the future. Um, and other people who have just had to um, stop doing stop their career basically and do other things like uh, making hand sanitizer or sewing masks or something like that with no real hope of when they might get back to their career or if that career will still be viable uh, once things settle down. And you've been helping businesses to pivot to online marketing so that they don't just rely on face-to-face custom, but taking them into an online environment. You've got a role to play there in helping businesses go to a new level. Yeah, it's it's been interesting with, I mean, to, to over-generalise, but uh, a lot of smaller businesses haven't in the past had to worry about return customers so much because there's plenty of passing trade, especially if they're on a main road. There are just so many potential consumers that uh, marketing for many people hasn't been a concern until now. And so um, helping the the businesses, people who, who sell street food, that kind of thing, people who sell vegetables, um, Reflexy, reflexology, massage people. Uh, yeah, they've they've just been um, sidelined by this, and so helping them to learn how to put up some inter- Instagram posts, make WhatsApp groups uh, to get their services or products out there. Um, like so many who serve in the way that you do, Dave, uh, you recognise that you're making a major contribution into the lives of people in the city community that you're a part of there. And ultimately, uh, this is a good thing, isn't it, be- with relations between Indonesia and Australia? Oh, oh definitely. And 
I wouldn't be the first to try and speculate how does Australia, how does Indonesia get out of this pandemic-driven recession. But certainly since we've been here, we've, we've had this goal of transforming the hearts and minds of teachers so they can do the same with their students so that those local communities um, will have the faith aspect. But in addition to that, will be a community where um, terrorism is just not able to to grow, where peace is, is the predominant um, ambition and where local businesses can, can become prosperous. So if that actually materialises, then that could only be a very, very good thing for Australia in terms of uh, peace and also for economy uh, because... There are 274 million potential customers here, and even if Australia only tapped into 10 or 20 percent, um, that's a that's a booming market. Well, special honour to you, David Thomas, uh, for the good work you do. And when you start to talk about the dimensions of what happens when you become involved in the lives of people in the community there in Indonesia, how that passes from one generation to the next. And when you're dealing with educators, well, what a great prime area for you to be focusing on. And uh, let me point people to better learning, brighter lives. I know you'd like a extra friend or two that would be supportive of the good work that you're doing from Australia. David <laughs> Thomas works with Pioneers Absolutely. Australia in Indonesia. Now, Pioneers Australia are a fabulous organisation and looking after uh, the way that David Thomas and his family are working there in Indonesia, here's the website, pioneers.org.au. And you'll find links there to the projects and you'll find Better Learning, Brighter Lives to connect with David Thomas. David, thanks so much for sharing this update with us today on 2020. Uh, Thanks a lot, Neil. Really good to talk. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.